0: It's, it's my foundation. It's my faith. It's my work ethic. It's my drive. It's everything that I've tried to build for myself that has made me who I am. I do what it takes to make you believe. In five, four, three, two, one. So, as many as many of you know. My wife has epilepsy, and about I think it was two. I'm wearing a shirt, I'm actually wearing the shirt from the Epilepsy Foundation. We did uh, the 5K, I think it was two years ago. I know we didn't do it last year, so maybe it was two years ago. And we're gonna do it this year because this year is easy, it's virtual. So, all we gotta do is we can do it from home, we can walk around the neighborhood, and all that kind of stuff to work up to the 5K. And uh, we just like you snapshot a picture of it and then you send it in, then you get like a shirt and a medal and, um, and you get to donate to the Epilepsy Foundation, so, I mean, it's a win-win, it's a fun, fun time, you get to be outside and, uh, you get something for walking around, but Epilepsy does need money, they need, um, uh, money for research and stuff like that, like, we go to, U- the University of Pennsylvania and their research is, like, just ridiculous, but they just need, they need that funding you know, um, to keep it going, because there's also not that many neurologists, people just aren't becoming neurologists nowadays, you know, Um, I know a lot of people going to school to be doctors, want to become pediatricians, and deal with kids, and stuff like that, and that's great, but, um, like, neurology needs, you know, people, and Epilepsy Foundation's Need funding and they need, um, they need help. So, if you want to do that, you can either hit me up, um, you know, at big at Big B Ham eight twenty on Instagram, and um, you know, just ask about it or whatever, and you know, we can. But I'm sure I'll have the the link out on Facebook and Instagram. Of where you can sign up, and where you can join, and stuff like that, so... And that's all it is, like, this year is going to be a virtual race, so you can do it from your own home. Walk around your house, walk around a park, walk around outside, around your neighborhood. You know, just make it easy for you. Um, in these times, so you don't have to be near people, and... You know, act like you're getting the coronavirus. Found something on Netflix that I actually like, you know what I mean, there hasn't been too many, I'm really big into, like, the murder, and the crime, documentary, kind of stuff, that was, like, true life, and they kind of make it into a movie, or, I like the, like, the real life, uh, recallings of events, and stuff like that, uh, so the first one I watched was the one that just came out, was about the Centoia Brown, uh, case, and that whole thing, Is a whirlwind. It's really confusing. And it just shows me. And all these things that I watch. Right? It just shows me. How unfair. The justice system is. Because. Someone can do the same thing. Centuria Brown did. And can get off from it. You know what I mean? But then she spent. 15 years in jail. Since she was 16. You know, she was taken in as a prostitute at 16 and having, and having sex with these old dudes, you know what I mean? So she went to jail for killing a guy because she felt threatened. She was scared and didn't know what he was going to do. You know what I mean? So why are people, cause one, you know, where I come from, like where my opinion stands is like anyone that gets a prostitute is creepy to me. So anyone that gets a prostitute, especially that knows they're 16 or under, like I'm automatically saying, okay, dude, there's something wrong with you. I don't trust you. Like there's something that's going to go on. There's something that's going to happen. You're going to do something to that person, that child, that kid, whatever. So automatically my brain goes to that place. My brain is not like, oh, well, uh, she agreed to it, blah, blah, blah. She agreed to it because she has a pimp that will kill her if she don't bring home the money. She agreed to it because that's all she knows. She thinks this pimp is her boyfriend That's and he's 45. Like, how does that make any sense? So, with her not understanding what's really going on in her life, um, you know, she just... She goes through with these things because she's scared. She's scared for her life every single time she goes and does it. You know what I mean? And especially this time, this dude didn't want to go to a motel where she usually does it. She said, He said, let me take you back to my house. And she's, she's going in the house. She sees guns everywhere. You know, like, what you think? What you think is going to happen? A 16-year-old kid. And this is what happens when they take kids to court like this, right? You have to get in the mind of that kid. They don't have the same thought process as an adult. You know what I mean? Like, she's just thinking, like, I want to get out of here. And something bad's going to happen. She just doesn't have, you know what I mean? But anyway, I'm not trying to spoil, like, too much of it. But at the end... uh she has her last like chance to get out right and she's explaining herself and saying how she's changed and all this stuff and by this time she's like 30 and um and this board their decisions will go to the governor of i think they're in tennessee so two people said oh they should wait till 25 years and then the other two said no she shouldn't get out at all where this girl has finished a degree from a prestigious, like, Lipscomb, Lips, Lipscomb, Lipscomb University, and um, has done all this great stuff in jail, and, like, you know what I mean, like, done the best she could, and then they ask the, so this is, is this is what gets me, is, like, This lady she's like I'm not I'm not family but I'm like a friend of the family of the person she killed or whatever she said he deserves this bet better than this blah 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 all this other stuff I'm like why isn't his family there he has family but there his family wasn't there so if a friend of the family had to be there for it how how serious was this this dude's death really you know what I'm saying Like, they act like he's such a nice dude. Oh, he went to church. He cleaned, blah, blah, blah. So? So? That don't make you a good person because you go to church. You know how many pastors have cheated on their wives and done bad things? And they're the ones that are looked up to. So you can't use going to church. You can't use doing good works. You can't do, you know, just because you do good things... To people, like, for people, doesn't mean you're a good person. Because you can do other things, you know what I mean? You could do bad things to people, and those people just don't know about it. So he was doing all these good things, but yet he was getting 16-year-old prostitutes. Taking them back to his house. Come on. Come on, bro. So personally, I don't feel bad if she felt threatened um that he died, you know, that she shot him. Like I will would, I'd would be in the same boat. I put my mind in the same mind I would if I was sixteen. If I was sixteen, you know, you don't have the same process as you do when you're twenty five, when you're thirty. that's what the judge and the juries and all them people don't understand and now it would be different now it would be sex trafficking now she would be fine but back in what was it 2000? 2003? something like that um or maybe it was in the 90's no it was 2000's yeah yeah, because she's two years older than me so it would have been so different you know what I mean, but, I don't know, and this is the thing that blows my mind about serial killers, is like, they're so patient, they're so patient, and they take their time, and then all of a sudden they strike, like, it's, it just blows my mind, and it scares the shit out of me, that, <laughs> that these people, they, they freak me out, dude, come on, and then the stuff you hear about his, he did to his mom after he killed her, oh my gosh. It's gross. It's so crazy, but if you're into that kind of stuff, I'll definitely um, watch the Mind Hunter. I'll watch um, Centoya Brown doc. I'll watch, ooh, and then also, I just got into last night, was Waco. So I didn't know this came out in like two years ago and now Netflix has it and now it's like booming so this is about like a cult and for some reason they're just like bombarded by like the federal government you know what i mean yeah they were they were getting guns and stuff like that but they weren't they were doing it to protect themselves you know no i don't agree with all the stuff they were doing because in the, in this show, they don't, they show their kids, like, very happy and stuff like that, but then you hear, like, other accounts, um, I'm still digging into it, because I just watched it last night, so, before I form my own opinion about it, um, I'm gonna watch a documentary about, like, the like, uh, like, CBS or ABC did, like, two years ago about it, um, tonight, so I'm gonna keep, uh, I'm gonna keep learning about it, but, In in this show, they show all the kids, like, having fun and being all nice and stuff like that. Um, And smiling and, like, loving where they live and all this kind of stuff. And When really they don't. Because discipline was such high priority there. And they just didn't, the way they were disciplined was, you know, pretty bad. Like, I saw a story where the one mom wouldn't stop. Beating her son until he bled, because I don't know if this was the reason, but but one of the accounts said, um, if they spilled milk or if they spilled a drink or something, like they would just get beat. So we actually have our first hotline call. So if you guys don't know, um, if you're watching, I uh, I started the Strong Tower podcast phone calling thing or a hotline you call it right uh you can call the hotline at 302 313 6429 and we got a call talking about just what I was talking about earlier um about what, what what's your favorite like murder or crime uh documentary or show or whatever so this is from my girl Young Sash who was just on my podcast earlier or last week. So let's hear what young Sash got to say.
1: Yo Ben, this is your girl Young Sash coming at you on the hotline. Yo I was just calling to comment on my favorite um what is it? My favorite, um, like horror documentary whatever it's whatever you were asking and it's gypsy rose because that girl did her thing and did what she had to do to get out of that tormented life that her mother was doing to her
0: yeah so gypsy rose she was a little girl who actually let me get the facts right so let me pull this up her mom treated her her whole life That she had some type of disease and all this kind of stuff. So she was like in a wheelchair and she was treated like she had uh, brain damage. That's what it is. Brain damage um, from a premature birth or something like that. And it says she had suffered leukemia, asthma, muscular dystrophy. And she had the mental capacity of a seven-year-old. So her mom treated her like that. So she believed she had it this whole time. And after all this stuff, like she killed her mom, right? And let's see, what did she get? She got 10 years eligible for parole in 2024. Okay, so I guess someone else killed her or something. Because they got life imprisonment without parole plus 25 years. Was it her boyfriend? Yeah, it doesn't say anything. Oh, yeah, her boyfriend. Okay. So her boyfriend killed her mom then. Okay. so she got four years left and so she's eligible for parole so that's gonna be coming out I wonder if Netflix is working on that I bet you they are that'd be dope not dope for them but like dope for me (laughs) so I got something to watch in case we got another quarantine in four years or some shit Who knows? Yeah, but Gypsy Rose, man. That's another thing. I don't blame you. Your mom ruined your fucking life, man. Like, why do you get so much? At least she only got 10 years. Because she didn't actually kill her, I think, because her boyfriend did it. But damn, that's some shit. Like, nothing happens to the mom, but she gets to die and just, like... Gypsy Rose spends her life in a mental prison and then has to go to a regular prison after. You know what I mean? Well, hopefully when she gets out... Well, that's only for parole, so 2024. So, who knows what's gonna happen. But, yeah, let's hear what, uh... What else Young Sash got to say about Gypsy Rose
1: sorry, but her mom got what was coming to her, and she is a boss-ass bitch, and I think that Gypsy Rose is that bitch, period. I mean, if you don't haven't seen any of them, watch them. I haven't watched the act, like the TV show they made of it, but I've watched some of the documentaries. More so than watching the documentaries, I've read a lot about a Gypsy Rose.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree that her mom got what was coming to her. Like you can't be doing that to someone and not get anything in return. You know what I mean? I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure she. Too, she don't have like she don't mind being in jail, because, you know, she don't got to worry about her mom anymore. No to do that to someone like, you're taking away their life anyway. She's probably having more of a life in jail than she ever did growing up, but. I don't know. Keep it going.
1: And I've watched real interviews of Gypsy Rose, and I think she's a survivor. I think that that girl should have never went to jail because literally...
0: I agree. I agree. But, um, you're an accomplice to a murder, so I understand. You know, that's that's where things get tricky. You know, with these type of things. Um... She got second degree murder, so, you know, she might get out when she's up for parole, you know what I mean, so, or at least have to spend like another year until she gets out, but, uh, but yeah, the boyfriend that actually did it, I think he deserves it, um, but her, Gypsy Rose herself, you know, I think she went through enough, and um yeah i just don't think i don't think she should spend that long in jail but who am i
1: she lived in a lifetime of fucking jail so yeah that's my vote that's my opinion that's my comment hope you have a great day stay blessed stay safe stay, stay safe stay healthy bye
0: That's Young Sash. It's my girl. Funny as hell. But thanks for the call, Young Sash. And, um, yeah, that's interesting. That's another interesting one that, you know, and there's a reason they make these documentaries and stuff because it's so taboo. It's so, um, it could go either way. And then, They make a documentary about it that makes your mind go one way, you know, so when I watch a documentary, I try to find something else about it, so then that way, it's like this Waco thing, right, they, um, portrayed this place as, like, they were innocent for, like, being bombarded by the federal government and all that kind of stuff, and, um, no, I don't think they were innocent, but I don't think what happened actually had to happen, like, there was no, (laughs) there was no reason to bust in there with tanks and tear gas, like, you're fucking Iraq, you know what I mean, there's no reason for that, you know, it showed the number, it said 25 kids were in there, and none of them made it out, and I bet you they felt like shit. Because that didn't happen, you know and of course at the end they blamed it on a mass a mass suicide, which is common in cults so no one no one turned an eye to it, you know what I mean no one said, oh, that couldn't have been so why was the leader shot in the head or they had a, he had a gunshot wound in the head, right? but everyone else didn't And if you did an autopsy, But you couldn't because they all, their bodies burned from the tear gas, started fire, but they were, but the FBI told them, told people that they started the fire, the people did, before they all murdered their, before they all committed suicide. And this is just one thing, like, I am very proud to be an American and be part of this country, right? But I can't stand the direction of sometimes, it's not everyone, of these bureaus like the FBI and the police and like so many different people. There's so many crooked people that don't give a fuck about who they hurt, who they kill, what they're doing. They have no morals. They have no kind of integrity. And that's what pisses me off. You know what I mean? I know they have a job to do, but hey, think smart. Be smart about it. Don't be stupid. You know what I mean? This negotiator, yeah, it took time. It takes time for things. This negotiator had him. In the palm of his hand, he was like, yo, we're, we got him. They're going to surrender after he writes this thing, blah, blah, blah. And he said, nope, we don't have time for that. They want to take matters in their own hands and just be bullies. You know what I mean? That's what I don't like. I don't like when America is a bully. You know what I mean? We're a great country and people know that. Other countries know that and we need to help, not just bully our way into things, you know what I mean, there's a time and a place, and you gotta pick your battles, and for some reason, they chose that battle, I understand those people weren't great people, I understand they were, they were believing things that they're filling their head with mush, you know what I mean, like, even the smartest people were believing this dude. You know what I mean? And to me, well, from what I believe, I believe in personal relationship from me to God, right? I don't need that third person. I don't need that middleman. You don't need that. That's the whole point of it. You know what I mean? I don't need some guy telling me he's the Messiah or he's the son of David or I have to believe him in everything he says. And this is what those people fell into. This is what they believed. You believe another person, another human being. It's like what the Catholics do with the Pope. The Pope's a human being, man. You can't take nothing from him. Who cares? He's an old man. You're just going to listen to an old man? Man. No, I don't take nothing from a human being. This is a one-way street. I don't need that middleman. Get out of here. I don't know. Believe what you want to believe, but that's my opinion. And I love it, and it's not going to change. But, uh... But, yeah, I'm definitely going to do more research of that. I already found the, um documentary on abc that i'm gonna watch tonight put my feet up i love me oh my gosh i love me a good doc major i had to make sure i had pronounced that right doc so this is something i haven't talked to i actually started this podcast to talk about health and fitness right um but then i got tired of talking about it all the time you know i just i don't know it just gets old when you're talking about it every single time and just trying to find new things to talk about right so but now I found some articles that really interested me right because i i feel like I kind of um what's the word what's the word i'm looking for uh related to it And this dude, man, this seemed like it's exactly me. So this dude right here, 23-year-old grad student, he looked in the mirror, saw an overweight man looking back at him, even when it wasn't the truth. At one point, he lost 80 pounds and found himself terrified, gaining it back. He'd over-exercise, burning a thousand calories on the treadmill while only taking in nine hundred a day. After a meal, he checked to see if his stomach had visibly changed. He do crunches after a Sunday dinner with his family, worried again that he'd put on weights. So, in the, if you're listening, I'm showing a picture. It goes from him before and then him after. Him before was a skinny dude, right? Very skinny dude. And then after he's jacked, you know, you could definitely tell you he's been lifting. You know, he almost looks like me. Just playing, anyway. Um, I thought I said Frank Sinatra. No, his name's Frank Satira, and he says body dysmorphia does not really care what you look like. And it doesn't like, I don't know if I have that or if I ever did, I just know I'm, I've always been body conscious and I know I've told this story a couple of times probably before, but for you guys that like, or that just listen now or just don't know this about me or whatever, um, I was always self-conscious about my body, every single part of it. From my height to my weight to the way I looked. Um, now I've kind of grown I've spent so much time learning about my body and doing different things like yeah, I'm always trying to improve myself, but I'm always I care more about my mentality now um, and my health more so than my body. Uh, the way it looks. When I say, when I say that I mean the why the way it looks. You know, I'm not looking for a six-pack and all that kind of stuff. I still want to have a nice body. I still want to be able to take my shirt off in places and not be self-conscious, right? So, uh, when I was younger, and, I mean, as far as I can think back, I think back to, like, elementary school where it started with my height. My height, I was so self-conscious of my height, it was ridiculous. Like, you would never think... A guy, you like like a boy would be that self-conscious, you know, because when you think of that, you always think of girls because you see what they see in magazines and stuff like that, you know. No one really equates that to guys. You know, but they see those magazines too, trust me. I seen the health magazine, the men's fitness, and the bodybuilding ones and all that kind of stuff, right? So In elementary school, I was very short, and it took me a long time, and I'm still kind of, I'm still short, right, I mean, I'm average height, I guess, um, and I just, I just, I just didn't like it, I was shorter than girls that I liked, and no girls really wanted to show their feelings for me or anything because they were taller than me, and they didn't want to be around me because they were taller than me, um, and I didn't really want to be around them because I was short. I was so self conscious, you know. I remember one time I tried to like make myself taller, like stretch myself, and <laughs> and I used to do that a lot. Like, I don't know I I kinda knew it would it wouldn't work. Um and it was probably stupid to try and do. But like uh I don't know. It just seemed, I said like, hey, I need to try it. I need to try it. And then, let's say, we got to middle school. And, I think middle school, like when I started playing sports, right? And we started playing shirts and skins. I think that's when I realized, oh wow, like, I don't like my body. You know, so now, it's about my weight, or the way my body looks. Rather than just my height. So I'm still self-conscious about my height, right? At the time. And now it's all three. It's the way I look. It's the way I um, present myself in front of people. It's the way people think about me. It's like, dude, I was overrun with self-consciousness. Like, I don't know if there's a word for that. Um, like, I very much so cared about what people thought of me, I cared about what I thought of me, I cared about what I look like, I cared about uh, my height, I cared about my belly, oh, man, there's so many things, and, and keep in mind, I'm in middle school, thinking like this, there were nights I came home and cried all the time, Because of this thing, because of this way I felt, because of what's going through my head, and specifically, I remember a time where um, we were playing shirts and skins, and I got, I I was younger, so I was still in middle school, and I got moved up to varsity to play with the high schoolers in soccer, right, and we are playing shirts and skins, I take off my shirt, and I'm at all these high school dudes, man, they got hair on their chest, they got the happy trail coming from their, uh, belly button, right, they got abs, and I'm sitting there with a flat chest, with a pork belly, and just skinny arms, and everything, and I just, like, the whole time running up and down the field I'm trying to flex. I'm trying to stay flexed. So I look somewhat, you know, I'm trying to suck my tummy in. And all that stuff, right? And I can't I I couldn't even think about soccer. I was playing, like in like physically I was playing. But in my mind I'm like, okay, keep my stomach tight. Keep my stomach tight. You know, you can't let them see it. And it just makes me sad. You know, I mean, I learned... I look back and I really learned a lot from it. Um, especially since I got into bodybuilding later in life. But, um, but yeah, it makes me sad and it makes me feel like... I know there's other kids that probably feel that way. I know there's probably adults that feel that way. And don't know, and a lot of women don't know that guys get that way. You know? Or young kids. Young boys. I wasn't even fat, I was just little, it was all it was all in my head, but for what, for what reason was I thinking like that, you know what I mean, like what made me think that way, I didn't have people telling me I was fat or anything, it was just in my head, and it blows my mind because I think now, like why, why? I was very active all the time. I was always doing something. I was always outside at home. I was playing sports every single season. I was doing something. But, you know, I had this vision in my head that I was gross looking. Because I looked at other people and I didn't have what they had. They had what I wanted. You know what I mean? And then... um getting older, and I got into bodybuilding, and um, it felt more fulfilling, like, yeah, I still had guys, now I had guys that are even bigger, and I was looking at the magazines even more, I was looking at these guys, I was like, this is what I want to be, this is what I want to be, and then I did it, I didn't become as big as them, I didn't become what they look like, but I became a version of myself like that. I did it. I did it a couple times. You know, but the lengths and the the work I had to do to get there just really showed me like, oh shit, I don't want to live like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think now I kind of found like my balance of I don't know, of what I want versus What I want to do to get it. You know? It's just like. It's a different animal in your brain. It has not. Which is weird because it has nothing to do with the body. It has nothing to do with your body. It's all in your head, it's all in your brain. You know? And it takes time, it takes work on yourself. It takes, um. just that mental toughness and self-love, I think, I think self-love is probably the biggest thing, and I know a lot of people deal with that, I don't know if you guys listen and deal with that, if you have a problem loving yourself, um, well, I mean, now I have no problem loving myself, but... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just cocky sometimes. I'm always joking around and stuff like that. Like I'm not really a dick. I'm not really um, a cocky asshole. You know what I mean? I just like to joke about it. But um, I do. Like I don't mind myself at all. Like I like who I've become. I like what I'm working on myself to be. And I think that's when you start to love yourself. Is when you know that you're doing things to get better. If you're just become If you're just doing the everyday thing and you're not trying to better yourself with anything in life you know what I mean and that's why I work out I don't work out every day like I used to I don't train the way I used to at all not even close I used to work out in the gym like crazy right in my mind it was I gotta win gotta win gotta win gotta get this body gotta get this body gotta do it now 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 come on it was always that. Gotta do cardio, gotta eat, gotta lift, gotta train. You know, it was always one after the other. It was never about anything else. What I was watching on YouTube was bodybuilding. You know, I was eating what my coach told me to eat. I made, I made sure I did my cardio in the morning and at night. I never missed any of it. Because I wanted to get to the best possible body I could get, you know what I mean, and um, and it really it tested and I think going through all that really tested my mindset too, you know. Like I did, ne- I never had a drive or a passion before before bodybuilding at all. Going through school Going through life I didn't give a fuck You know I just didn't I didn't care about a thing You can ask my parents Didn't care about a thing And um, When When like personal training And bodybuilding Came into my life Like a flame just ignited Like in my head And um, It took me to a new level it took me to a level where I wanted to help other people deal with that situation that I dealt with, to not to have self-love for their, not just their body, but their mind and everything. Like everyone that I trained and stuff, we didn't just talk about their body. I talked about like what kind of stuff they were watching. I talked about what they were dealing with in their life. You know, I had people tell me stuff they couldn't tell their therapist, which is weird. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. The craziest I mean, it's crazy to stuff that people told me and had confidence in telling me that. And it felt, it made me feel good that they felt like they could trust me with that, the, um, that feeling that they had of themselves, you know, or what drives them to eat as much as they were eating or not eat as much as, or not eat, you know, so going through those things with myself and with other people brought me to where I am today where I constantly try and better myself. I have a drive, I have a passion, and it's not even, it's not for one thing anymore. It's not for just fitness and health. Now there's tons of tons of like directions I'm going because I want to do so many things. I want to create music. I want to do podcasts. I want to still be with health and fitness. You know what I mean? I want to edit videos. I want to open. I want to open a supplement shop. Like there's so many things I want to do, and that I have a passion for, and that I have a drive to want to create. All because of what I went through in my mind when I was younger, and then what it brought me to. Um, I don't know And reading this article just really brought that Just this All this out of me You know And I just want to know If you feel comfortable like talking about it Or anything like that I just want to know like If you ever dealt with this right If you ever dealt with I don't know if I had I don't know if I have Or if I had Body dysmorphia Or whatever right? But whatever it is, like, I just want to know if there's anyone else out there that kind of, like, dealt with this, you know, kind of thing. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to go deep into your story or anything like that, but, you know, if you ever dealt with something like this, or, and got over it, and just really like, I don't know. Or even if you still go through it, just let me know, man. Like I just want to, I just want to hear stories. I just want to hear your thoughts, and just know. I know I'm not the only one that goes through this stuff, or that went through it. You know, I mean, I still kind of go through it. I look in the mirror sometimes. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, it's there's always that. There's always that ah shit moment. Um. But yeah. Just call the hotline. And leave a voicemail. And just let me know. And um. You know. And. Just let me know if you relate. You can call the hotline. 302-313-6429. And um. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much all I have to say about that. That really took a lot out of me. That made me de that made me dig deeper into myself, you know. Just seeing that article, I don't think I've ever dug that deep. So I've always wondered why I felt that way when I was younger. And I mean, I still I still don't kind of know what made me feel that way. Um, it could be genetic or something, who knows, but I just know now I'm very happy with myself, I'm happy with what I've become, I'm happy with what I'm striving to be, I'm not just settling with some for something, and I just can't wait to see what the future holds, you know, um, that is if we ever get past this coronavirus <laughs> If I can get out of this quarantine, man, then I can move on with my life. See what's really out there. But Yeah man, I mean I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Good way to good way to end things. And, you know, I'm trying to be more positive on here. I know I talk a lot about murder and crime stuff, but that's just like my own little thing I like to watch. (laughs) I like to learn about that kind of stuff. But I want to be more positive. I want to be more upbeat. And, you know, so I want to end this on a good note. And... i song is called You'll Be On My Mind by Waycap. W-A-Y-K-A-P, You'll Be On My Mind. And that's it for this week, guys. And I hope y'all have a great day. Have a blessed day. Stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Follow the rules. Don't get sick. Love you guys. Peace.